It's so good to be together here at Life Center live and also with you online. We want to thank you for allowing us to come into your homes today. Uh, this is something that we're, we're still kind of getting used to. We're getting some of the glitches out better all the time. We're getting better all the time. At least we hope that's what it seems like to you. But for those of us here in the room, it's just been a wonderful experience to spend time in the presence of the Lord. Welcome. For those of you that are guests here today, it's so good to see you here. Welcome. Thank you for coming. I hope you're enjoying our air conditioning here, and I hope you at home have some kind of a cool spot. Uh, maybe instead of a hot coffee, you're, uh, you're drinking an iced coffee for breakfast. I don't know, but uh, we're very, very grateful that everyone is here with us. So thank you once again for being here. My name is Mike Schroeder, and I serve as one of the pastors at Life Church here in beautiful downtown uh, um, White Rock. Where am I? I'm in White Rock. <laughs> I'm just a little distracted, but so glad that we're all here together. We're going to get right into the Word of God here this morning, and if you brought your Bibles with you or your Bible app, you can turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. We're in the middle of a, uh, a series called Great Expectations. Uh, thanks, man. I, I think if you can just enjoy uh, enjoy a chair for a little bit here, and then we'll when I'm done, uh, you can get get back up here. Thanks a lot, Jasper. Jasper, it's so great to have Jasper. He was playing along with us uh, here in the worship time, as he was playing for your worship time online. And so, with this series, the the theme scripture is in First Peter chapter one and verses three to four, and. Uh, what we did in our first service here at Life Center, I'm going to ask you to do it at home if you would as well. But here in our second service too, um, we're not supposed to sing when we're here. And I, I don't know if you missed that memo or not, but you know, it, it seems so strange to come to church in person and not sing, but that's what the orders are. Uh, but there's no order against us talking. So I'm going to ask you to read this scripture out loud with me, and I want you to say it loud enough so you can hear your voice. Okay, so I want to hear you too. So are you ready? One, two, three, go. Now we live with great expectation, and we have a priceless inheritance. Yes. Amen. Oh, That's so great. Now, for those of you that are watching online and here in this room, if you know Jesus Christ personally, if you've given your life to him, we have a wonderful expectation of a priceless inheritance. And it's in the now, but in the now, it's only just a taste. In the future, at the end of time, there's coming a day when Jesus Christ is going to come back and all of, all of history will be culminated in what we call the second coming of Jesus Christ, and we will be with him forever. And it is a priceless inheritance. And so now we live with great expectation. And so all through the book of 1 Peter, there's expectations that we have. There's expectations that God has. There's expectations that we can have for our life with God and even expectations of one another. We'll be talking about all these things as we walk through this great book of First Peter. But I, I want to just uh, focus in on uh, verses uh, 10, 11, and 12 today. 
But before we get there, I just want to just briefly talk about the fact that there's a lot of pressure on the people of faith right now in our community, uh, online, uh, in the media, in, uh, in the entertainment business. You know, there's, there's persecution all around the world, and a lot of pressure on the church in certain places where there's state-directed persecution, uh, places like uh, North Korea, places, um, you know, like uh, uh, Pakistan and different places where there's state-directed persecution, and uh, there's places where there's mob-led persecution. Uh, people are, in Nigeria, there's a lot of, uh, mobs that just come and they they steal young girls to force them into marriages and they kill pastors and they kill Christians and it, it's just horrible what's happening in different places around the world. There's a lot of pressure on the church today. There's a pressure with in a, in here in our culture more with humanism and and redefinitions of things like gender and family and sexuality and even what the word hate means. You know, it's come to be where if you disagree with someone, they call it hate. And that is a, a, a pressure that comes on us as Christians because we believe that the Bible is God's word and the source of truth is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's a, there's a lot of bitterness out there against the church, a lot of mockery. Uh, we here in Canada have been experiencing over the last couple of weeks with the um, the revelations of what's happened in the residential schools. I mean, we knew it was bad before, and now it's come out with all of these hundreds of, uh, of lives that were lost there, innocent children, and we believe that their blood is crying out. And that is uh, connected to the church, unfortunately, uh, even though you and I, perhaps in this, in our time, we haven't even come close to those kinds of attitudes, but we are identified with them. There's a lot of history that we uh, have experienced in uh, that we have as as Christians uh, all around the world. We've made mistakes, uh, brought a lot of blessing too, uh, but 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 uh, unfortunately, the the blessing that we have been as God's people seems to be lost right now, and there's a lot of this pressure. But uh, these three verses of Scripture we're going to be talking about here this morning in First Peter chapter one. It, I, I want to use it as a time to encourage us to hold fast to our faith, to encourage us in our faith, because there's, there's really two major points here today. One is that our faith is rooted in history, and the second one is that we are connected to eternity. And so we, we are part of something that is a lot bigger than what we can see right now. It's a lot bigger than what we can experience, even in this limited space that we have here with a limited capacity. Uh, we're just a few of us here in this room. Uh, there's way more people that are part of our congregation. Some of you are watching online. Uh, uh, you'll be watching live with us right now here on Sunday morning on uh, the, what is it, 27th of June right now? Is that the day? Is that what date it is? I didn't, I didn't forget. That's good. Ah. <laughs> Of all the things I've lost, it's my mind I missed the most, right? But anyways, so the 27th of June, you could be watching right at, uh, you know, 11.30, quarter to 12 in um, Pacific time. Or you could be watching this on demand later, listening to a podcast, whatever. But, you know, we're, we're the, 
it's bigger than what we can see just in front of us, our little family that we have at our house right now watching online. Uh, but we are rooted in history. First Peter 1.10, it says this, This salvation was something that even the prophets wanted to know about when they prophesied about this gracious salvation prepared for you. All through history, in the, in the hundreds and even thousands of years prior to Christ, the prophets prophesied of salvation. And they, they, they were kind of jealous of you and me because they didn't actually understand what they were even saying. And Jesus said it this way, I tell you the truth, he said, many prophets and righteous people, they longed to see what you see, but they didn't see it. And they longed to hear what you hear, but they didn't hear it. And uh, they all died in faith, and they died looking forward to something better. They didn't even know what it was. And, uh, and we are all connected in faith, even to some of those great uh, prophets. In verse, in verse 11, it says this, They wondered what time or situation the Spirit of Christ within them was talking about when He told them in advance, about Christ's suffering. They wondered, why would the prophets be wondering? Because they were looking for a Messiah that was going to come and kind of be in charge and be the king and everything was going to be fine. And, and then the prophets were prophesying something they didn't even understand about Christ's suffering. Uh, hundreds of years, 2,700 years ago, the prophet Daniel, this is, this is what he said. After three score and two weeks shall the Messiah be cut off, but not just for himself. And, you know, 200 years before that, Isaiah prophesied. And, and he said that no one, this is what, what he said, his life was cut short in midstream, and he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. And hundreds of years prior to that, 3,000 years ago, King David said this, and Jesus quoted him, 2,000 years ago, so a 1,000 years later, Jesus quoted David when he was on the cross. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so these prophets were prophesying. They didn't even know exactly what was going on. But when Jesus came, you know, he came to, to pay the price for us, and he came and he suffered. But then again, he, back in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 11, not only did they prophesy about suffering, talk about a mixed message, they prophesied about His glory as well. And, you know, they were mystified by these prophetic words that, that God was giving them to speak. And, uh, you know, King David said, you know, my Lord, uh, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies under your feet. And, and Isaiah prophesied unto us, a son is born unto us, a son is given, and the government will rest on his shoulders. I love this one in Daniel. King, you know, Daniel, he was living in this ungodly place called Babylon, and, and he prophesied, he lived for God, and he prophesied. He said, he said this about Jesus. He was given authority, honor, and sovereignty over all the nations of the world, and his kingdom will never be destroyed. These prophets prophesied the suffering, and they prophesied the glory of Jesus Christ. And our faith is rooted in this history. 2,000 years ago, Jesus died on the cross for us. 
And 700 years prior to that, you know, Daniel was prophesying. 900 years before Christ, uh, Isaiah was prophesying. A thousand years before Christ, King David was prophesying. How about Job? 2,000 years prior to Christ, he prophesied about the glories of the resurrection. And listen to what Job said. As for me, he said, I know that my Redeemer lives, and, and he will stand upon the earth at last. Wow, what a wonderful, wonderful salvation that we have. And verse 12 here, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. Uh, these prophets were told that their messages were not for themselves, but they were, are for you. This is for you. The prophecies were made for you to tell you that Jesus died for you, that he will be glorified. There's coming a day of salvation in the future when we will be saved from the very presence of sin in this world and Jesus Christ is coming again. And they, they prophesied these glorious things. They prophesied the suffering Savior, knowing that Jesus was, or sorry, not knowing exactly how it was all going to work out. But they, they longed to see it. They wanted to see it. They were told that these messages were not for themselves. And, uh, and now this good news has been announced to you by those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is at work. The Holy Spirit's at work right now in you. You're sitting here in this room. You're sitting at home or listening, uh, listening while you're uh, driving to work or whatever on the podcast. But the Holy Spirit is working in you even if you don't understand it. Just like the prophets, the Holy Spirit was prophesying through them. They didn't understand it, but the Holy Spirit is working at you because you are hearing this gospel message. So our, our faith is rooted in history, but it's also tied in eternity. And it's just this little throwaway part of verse 12, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. It's also wonderful, this salvation, this glorious hope, this, uh, this great expectation is so wonderful and it's so good. Even the angels, it says in the scripture, even the angels are eagerly watching uh, th those things that happen. And I was, uh, when I was studying this, I, I was reading about this Greek phrase. It's not Greek, it's English, but in the Greek original language, it talks about the angels watching. And it, the, the words that are used, it's like they're craning their necks to see. It's, it's like they, they want, they're so intent that it, it's so amazing. It's so wonderful that the angels there, it's almost like I, I can just imagine like this, this banister, this railing over, over a deck or something. And the, the angels are looking, they're bending over to see what is going on. All these people with all their weaknesses and all their human frailties, they are coming to know God through Jesus Christ. And they are walking in the Holy Spirit in fellowship. When they pray, God is listening. This is incredible. The angels are, are involved in your personal faith, in our faith as God's people and in his church. It's, it's amazing. Our faith is rooted in history and it's connected to eternity. Do you know, it's, it's hard to imagine sometimes 
because you know it, it just it just doesn't you don't always feel it. I don't know if you've ever seen an angel. I personally have never seen an angel. I live with someone who is angelic. That's my wife. But I have never seen an angel because they are actually, you know, people have seen angels. And, and the fact is that angels can appear, but it, their essence, angels' essence is spirit. So they're invisible to our natural eye. And I believe there's angels here in this room. I believe there's actually angels right now with you when you are watching this online. The Bible says that God, every person, especially children, but, you know, we're all big kids, right? And every one of us has angels watching over us. And when we worship, you know, the Bible says that when we worship, we're actually, when we pray, when we worship, we're entering into the very presence of God. And we're together with the angels all around the throne. And the angels are looking into this salvation that we have. I don't know if they envy that's maybe not a good thing for them to envy, but they are somewhat wishing that they could really know what we're experiencing because they haven't got a clue. They don't know how, how it is to be saved. Now, I told you earlier in this message that, you know, I've mentioned that we've, in, in the church, that we experience a lot of pressure right now in our culture, and that's all from the outside. But there's pressures that we have on the, our inside that we have to be concerned about and be aware of. And actually, I believe that this is a message for you and me today in, on, on this particular Sunday in June in 2021 that God wants us to be looking at our hearts and understand that in spite of all the pressures that we have that tear us away from this, you know, we've, we've been disappointed. We've had all kinds of things happen, you know, with COVID. You know, it's, I, you know, there was a time when we thought COVID might last for, you know, three, four weeks. Then we thought, well, maybe it'll just be, you know, maybe it'll be over by such and such a time. And it started getting better. And then there was another wave that hit us. And, and, and so it, it's been, it's been a, a, quite a journey. And all the isolation and all the anxiety there, there's just been a lot of battles all on the inside. And there's a, uh, there's a, um, a parable that Jesus told, or a story that he told. A parable is a story with a, with a point to it. And Jesus told the story of four different kinds of soil. Sometimes we call it the parable of the sower. But it's actually about four different kinds of soil. And it's talking about your heart and mine. And there's things that God wants to deal with in our hearts this morning, I believe. And there's these four different kinds of soil. The, there's a soil that was uh, on, the, on the pathway. Uh, there was soil that was, and that's, that's kind of packed down. There was soil that was in the, the pile of rocks. There was soil where the thorn bushes were. And then there was the good soil. And what was happening in those days, of course, the, the farmers, they didn't have John Deere seed drills and, and all the, the plows and everything that we have today. And so they would prepare their, their soil uh, by hand. They would plow it. Sometimes they'd have oxen that would help with that. And then they would get the soil ready. And if there was rocks, they'd put them all in one pile, which we still do today in a lot of places. And, and then when it was come, came time to seed, 
they would use what's called a broadcast method. And they would just grab the seeds, a handful, and they would cast them out like this, and they would spread out. And some of the seed would land on the good soil, which was there was a lot more good soil than there was bad soil. And then there was seeds that would land on where the pathway was, where they would walk. And then there was other seeds that would land among the rocks, and other seeds would land among the, among the thorns. And it was representative of different kinds of hearts. And sometimes as Christians, we think, well, you know, all the non-Christian people, all the people that aren't people of faith, you know, they're the ones that are the bad soil and we're the, we're the good soil. And, well, I hope we all are good soil. But I want to tell you, sometimes my heart needs some work. And, you know, when, when the seed landed on the footpath, it represents a hardened heart. And sometimes, you know, our hearts can be hardened by disappointment. Our hearts can be hardened by, uh, by all kinds of wounds and hurts and, and grief and, and hardship. And we've had some things like that that have been so, so difficult. You know, I'm, I'm thinking right now of people in, uh, you know, in the hospital during COVID that, that, you know, they died and couldn't even have their family around and the family members grieving, not only grieving the loss of the person, but grieving the loss of being able to be there with them. You know, it's difficult. We've had some real difficulties. And sometimes those things, if we don't deal with them, if we don't allow God to bring healing into our life, if we just go, oh, I'm just going to carry on, I'm just going to, you know, be calm and carry on, it, it creates a hardness in our heart. And then when someone speaks uh, something positive or the word of God, it creates a, 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 like it bounces right off. It doesn't even sink in. And God help us with that. Uh, other heart issues, the seed on rocky soil represents something that's shallow. I don't know about you, but there's, there's times when I just get all caught up in myself, especially when I'm by myself. You know, with, with COVID, we didn't have a lot of interaction with other people, it seemed. And we're kind of left to our own devices, and we get very self-focused. Am I the only one here? <laughs> some of you are nodding, and, and some of you are looking at me like, oh, boy, you're really bad, Mike. But I, I, I want you to know that God wants us to, to not be so, so shallow, uh, not, not just having it all about, you know, having it my way. You know, God wants us to be the kind of people that are for the kingdom, not just for ourselves, not just in it for how we can benefit the, the, the seed that fell among thorns that, you know, Jesus explained, it represents um, worries and work and, and wants, things that we want. And, you know, we've all ordered, I'm sure most of us have ordered stuff online. And, you know, we've been shopping uh, online. We get our groceries delivered, some of us. And, you know, it's, it's really, you know, it's really been amazing how COVID has changed the economic systems in, in our world and how we shop and all that. But God wants us to not allow all of those things to distract us and not be distracted by the things of this world. Yes, we have things we need to deal with, uh, but God help us to not be distracted, but to have a heart that's open to God. And this is the, this is the fourth kind of heart, the receptive and obedient heart, the one that can hear God's word in spite of all that's going around. Someone who's maybe had a hardened heart because of experiences 
and it needed to go to God and get sort of get that healed, get that healed up to be the kind of person that that isn't going to just be shallow and all about myself, but rather to be someone who's generous with my time and my talents and my treasure and, and you know, trying to be helpful to others and especially serving God, doing God's work in the here and now to, to not have the, uh, this kind of distraction by all kinds of other things, but to have a focus. And, and I'd like to encourage you as, as someone who is a pastor and I deal with all of these temptations, all of these pressures in my life, and we have to be you know, focused and, and, and um, disciplined to be able to hear God's word and to have quiet time with him and to listen to him and to be about our, our father's business, our master's business, to be receptive, to have a, a receptive and obedient heart. And, you know, we have this wonderful faith, and it's tied, it's tied to history, and it's tied to eternity. And may God help us to be people of faith with a heart that is open to what God is going to do in our lives. Amen? Can you say amen out loud at home, too? Amen.